Welcome to episode 43 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold. Griffin Warner is here. And guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the trade deadline episode. We have a lot to break down. We have a quick recap of our best bets. Finn Scully just passed away, so we'll just mention those that information in a little bit. Trade deadline was incredible. We'll talk about that in a few moments. Of course, Wednesday's card and a few of our best bets. Before we do that, I'll just get right into it with our uh, Beat the Hitman NFL contest. The Hitman earned a profit of 52.65 NFL units last season. For this Beat the Hitman NFL contest, the contestant who earns the most NFL units wins $500 cash. That's a lot, by the way. And if the winner earns more than the Hitman did last year, then the contest winner gets an additional $500. And for the kids that are good at math, that is $1,000 cash entered today. It's free. Just do the pregame.com and then click on the contest the contest to find the Hitman NFL contest. Go do that now. The reason I did that so fast is because we have a lot to talk about. And I think, Griff, you want to just go into our little recap of our best bets from Monday's episode? Sure. Uh, Taylor, you got a winner. I'm very happy for you. The Orioles were in control. What looked like throughout, I think John Gray got hurt in the first inning. Very disappointing because he was having an awesome year. Uh, I just actually got back from uh, Globe Life Field uh, watching the Orioles, who had just traded away everybody. Uh, Sorry for the spoiler alert, but uh, still smacked around the the Texas Rangers and left in the eighth inning. Right as, or top of the ninth, right as Jorge Mateo hit his second home run of the night. Um, wow, didn't expect to see that one live, nor the second one, but pretty cool. Uh, my best bet loss, Logan Webb really struggled with the Dodgers lineup. Uh, Giants, they didn't really sell as much as I expected them to, but I don't think that we're going to see a lot from them the rest of the year. I feel like they are uh, running on fumes and still can't really understand how they were so good last year. Uh, but very disappointing best bet for me. And I'm looking forward to avenging that loss uh, on this episode. Two and O's, here we go. Two and O's, here we go. That should be a uh, slogan and for a maybe a put on a T-shirt. I like that. But Ooh, thank I like you. That. Thank you for that. And maybe we we'll just get into real quick. Vince Scully, the legendary broadcaster for the L.A. Dodgers and Brooklyn Dodgers, just passed away at the age of 94. An absolute legend of the game. He is, in my opinion, the best broadcaster of all time with maybe the Howard Cosells of the world and, and others. But Vince Scully was a great storyteller. We were, you know, Brian, um, Brian Griffin just mentioned that right before the show. And he said, maybe we should talk about it. And I agree. What do you think about this uh, on unfortunate news? Yeah, I mean, he's you're younger than I am. He wasn't a huge part of my life being that he was on the, the West coast for a lot. And I've only had LVTV for like 10 years probably. But um, I mean, for the games that I watched, as soon as the Dodgers got good, I, I tended to watch the Dodgers a ton at night. It's sad to see him go um, and, and turn it over to Joe Davis, um, who has tried to kind of follow in, in his footsteps, telling as many unknown and kind of hidden stories as possible, but you can never really do it like the legend in Scully did. Um, really sad. I wasn't watching the Dodgers broadcast, but it sounds like they were uh, really struggling with it. And I can't blame him because he uh, spanned a long, long trajectory. Seemed like an awesome, awesome, great man and uh, world tournament. 67 years as the voice of the Dodgers. Imagine having a job for 67 years and being the best at it. 
take that you don't see that too often anymore so uh sad but we are respecting and we're going to be talking about the legend for the next few weeks next week or so with um baseball being extremely popular and extremely important this week and next week because we're going to be seeing the new guys that got traded over playing in those new teams after this unbelievable trade deadline and i was on top of this whole trade deadline all day long it was tiring griff i don't know about you but this was tiring to keep track of it was also exciting at the same time i gave a few grades to about i want to say uh, over a dozen teams teams that really matter but the biggest team a plus to the padres the acquire josh hater juan soto josh bell brennan jury and then minor leaguer jay groom from the red sox what are your thoughts on the pods making a splash well i don't know that we were on top of that uh as we were projecting everyone uh ahead of the padres i think they kind of slid into our recent projections but at first it was the new york team and then it was the cardinals i mean seeing the padres come in it's amazing to me that every year they're trading away prospects to uh get these big deals at the deadline didn't work for them last year it hasn't really worked in the past i am looking forward to seeing what it does for them this year they strengthened an already pretty good bullpen with hater i think bringing soto is a huge difference maker because um, who knows what's going to happen with tatis when he'll be back but adding him to the lineup on top of machado having a great year he was really struggling to carry the load lately but Cronenworth has been hot. Profar had a home run his last three games. I mean, if the Padres can hit, maybe they can really throw something at the Dodgers. And I think they have a series this weekend coming up. So uh, really looking forward to that. And especially as the Giants have faded away, I'm, I'm really happy to see the Padres hanging in. Yeah, I, I think the addition of Josh Bell is is huge as well, switching power hitter. And almost this, this, uh, this trade almost didn't happen because Eric Hosmer – was a part of the deal and he was like uh, 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 i don't want to get traded he had a no trade clause in his contract and 10 teams were listed and one of the teams was the washington nationals he almost derailed it but the padres were able to fix it and sent hosmer to the red sox and red sox trade over g group the minor leaguer but the yankees did well today the yankees added harrison bader with the trades they did the last few days, Benintendi, Montas, Efres, and Trevino. I love the Efres move. I think he's great. He pitched tonight. Uh, the Mets did nothing, really. I gave them a D. They did acquire Michael Givens to help out that bullpen. They've added Tyler Naquin uh, and Daniel Vogelback and Michael Perez. And then today they also added Darren Ruff. And Darren Ruff looks like he'll be facing lefties. And then Vogelback will be facing righties. They'll be, they will be platooning against um, at the DH role. Very shocked they didn't get either Contreras or David Robertson. Or maybe, I don't know, Ian Happ really was in the mix. But Contreras was supposed to be in the mix. What do you think about the, the Mets not making a move and helping out this team? A significant move. Um, I have no idea. Speaking of the Cubs, I have no idea why Wilson Contreras is still on that team. Because as far as I know, he's an unrestricted free agent. And he was hugging people Sunday night after the game ended. Um, what, I mean, bad franchises just stay bad. Hilarious what, uh, what Kyle Bloom for the Red Sox. Uh, and then also 
Theo Epstein for the Cubs. I think those were the two worst performers. I'm sorry if you're going to get to the Red Sox a little bit, but uh, bringing on Hosmer is an absolute joke. Um, I think, you know, and speaking about the Mets, they're certainly not good enough to not make those moves. Their starting rotation is going to be great, but I don't think you can trust DeGrom to pitch at all uh, in the postseason. And uh, oh, that, that bullpen, I almost I almost feel like DeGrom should be a bullpen arm at this point and try to keep him as uh, available as much as possible. But that, that Mets bullpen, it's got a lot of arms. But I'm just not sure how good they are. And that's an essential part of, of hanging around in the playoffs. I think the addition of Gibbons is important. You know, I, I, I don't think those pitch really well. And of course, Diaz has been unhittable all year. So I think the addition of Gibbons is good, but I think having a, a power hitter and overall great hitter like Contreras to in this lineup is important. And they did not do that. This is a great lineup with the Mets, but they have to compete against the Braves where the Braves made a few moves today. The Braves, Acquired Rossell Iglesias, who has another four years of control on his contract. Jake Odorizzi and switch hitting outfielder Robbie Grossman. I gave that a B. Uh, Iglesias adding with Kenley Jansen and AJ Minter and um, Kyle McHugh. McHugh, sorry. That uh, bullpen is stacked. Of course, they just re-signed Austin Riley to a 10-year deal. So that lineup's doing, and that whole team's doing great. Uh I think another surprise was the Minnesota Twins, Griff. They added Jorge Lopez, which you and I really thought. I, I There was days I thought he was going to trade. I had days where I thought maybe he was going to stay. He ended up going, and Tyler Malley, Michael Fulmer, and Sandy Leone also went to the Twinkies. I give them an A. I think they're really going to push themselves away from the White Sox and the Guardians with these acquisitions. They helped them we had talked about the Twins. We, we talked about the Twins earlier, I think, when we were projecting who would win the yeah, AL Central. And the Twins, we knew that they needed bullpen help. They, that was probably the easiest position to cover for. Um, so I'm very happy that they did that, especially because I think I had picked them to hang on to the AL Central. Um, I don't think the Guardians are, are by any means out of it, probably not the White Sox either. Um, but I think it would have flip-flopped those grades. I don't think the Twins did enough to really help that team. I think they did a lot in important areas, but I, I really liked what the Braves did. I really loved what they did last year and it clearly worked out. And maybe I have a little bit of recency bias on, on that one, but I feel like the Braves did exactly what they needed to do. You can never strengthen the bullpen enough. I think Rizal Iglesias is a great signing talking about the angels dumping his salary. Like he was overpriced or something. seems really weird to me because he certainly has his bad outings, but he's an awesome consistent and lockdown closer. And I don't think that's what Kenley Jansen is anymore. No matter how much they're paying him for a single year, uh, already been on the aisle twice with heartbeat issues. So I think that was a huge, huge move for them. And I really like what the Braves are doing, especially while the Mets kind of laying in wait, not doing much. Right. Yeah. And just to round out a few more teams here, uh, my opinion, the worst team to operate in this trade deadline was the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers acquired Taylor Rogers, uh, Lamette, and a few other prospects for Josh Hader in a trade. They also acquired from, I'm forgetting what team it was, but it was Trevor Rosenthal was just acquired uh, late at the deadline. But the Brewers trading Josh Hader when they're in first place really doesn't make much sense to me. I understand his last six start, his six appearances were have been pretty bad. His ERA has jumped from uh, low high ones to, I think, mid threes. But I, I don't see that ha- as a real excuse to trade a lights out closer to a nationally team 
whose bullpen is pretty damn good to begin with. So a lot of Brewers were also pissed off. Devin Williams was in utter shock, and and Woodruff mentioned a few things. Yelich also talked about it. So what do you think about Josh Hader being moved? Because to me, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, it makes sense to me because of the financial situation that the Brewers are in. Uh, they have a million guys that are, are eligible, and I think they were looking at their salary situation and were worried about the financials more than they were worried about uh, trying to win ball games. Unfortunately, that's tough for, for fans to hear and for players certainly on those teams to hear. But ultimately, that's what I think they're most worried about is the small market club whether that's valid and whether their owner has enough money to stomach uh, a chance, a championship run, who knows, but I do think it's a lot about money and a lot about these owners and businessmen trying to increase their businesses uh, and, and likelihood of success. I do think this severely impairs the Brewers chances to winning the NL and advancing to the world series. Um, I don't think their offense is good enough. And I think they're going to rely on a really tight bullpen, which could have made them, uh, as dangerous as almost anybody if they had held on to Josh Hader. I wouldn't overreact to his recent struggles, um, and especially towards the end of the first half. I think anyone can go through that. Um, I think they got a pretty good prospect haul from San Diego. We'll see what they can turn that into, um, but it's definitely a big, big problem, and I feel bad for anybody who has a Brewers future because that is a, took a major hit uh, with that move. Yeah, they didn't. They traded their best guy away. I understand when it comes to the ARB eligible, you know, situations. But sometimes when you're in situations where you're in win now mode, you might have to bite the bullet in the winter and keep the guy that's helping you stay in first place. But also, the Brewers didn't do anything offensively. They didn't get any offensive help to help this lineup uh, tonight. I know they hit three home runs in I think one inning, which is nice to see some offense, but they, they didn't get anything uh, during the deadline. The Cardinals added th- four arms, two starting room pitchers, Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. And then they, they got two relievers, Joe Romero and Chris Stratton thought that was a B plus effort. Astros got Christian Vasquez, Trey Mancini, Will Smith. I thought that was a B plus and some teams didn't really show much, in my opinion. I know the Dodgers have all the prospects in the world. They're calling up one. Uh, I think they called up one today. We play the play tomorrow. But they got Joey Gallo from the Yankees and Chris Martin. I think he's from the Braves. Uh, Giants, D-plus. They trade away Darren Ruff. Got four pro- four people black back, including J.D. Davis, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Fan, Reese McGuire, all to the Red Sox. That was crap. I mean... They ended up keeping J.D. Martinez instead of dealing him away. Probably would have got a lot back from the Mets or any other big contenders that were looking for big-time bats. But um, overall, I thought this was an incredible, uh, monumental, historic trade deadline. And we might not see something like this again. I know the offseason is going to be incredible with Otani could be moved and a few other uh, piece, big time bats and big time arms will be moved in the winter, but that's for another podcast. But overall, I'm happy. I know Griff, you're probably happy with what you've seen. You, we always love action. All right. We, we love to see action near the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a big couple days. Um, I, I don't think this will be the biggest that we'll see. I think next year will probably just as big or potentially bigger, but without Soto likely, uh, unless there's some sort of 
I, I, you know, I don't know that Soto's going to stay with San Diego for a long time. They're going to have so much money committed to Machado and Tatis already. Um, and Musgrove San Diego too. Padres ownership and, and Musgrove, they just signed to a big deal. I don't know where the money's coming from because they, they were, I guess they had an influx of cash, but it didn't seem as, as wealthy as uh, a lot of the other teams out there. And I think it speaks to the Brewers and what they did and how uh, they're planning for the future. And I feel like money's tight for them, tighter than you'd expect. So uh, great, great run. Uh, love to see all the moves being made about the teams that are clearly serious about competing now and the others that are uh, just trying to sneak their way into the playoffs. I, I don't downgrade the teams that didn't do a lot of moves, but uh, I feel like teams like the Cubs that are going to be a bad team that didn't make moves they should have, the Red Sox in the same type of situation, uh, major demerits for them. Cannot agree more. So without further ado, we we didn't do a fan questions this this episode because it's all trade deadline stuff. We'll, we just subtracted that for the trade deadline. But without further ado, Griff, take us away for Wednesday's card. All right. So we'll start uh, with an early game, and we got getaway day. Philadelphia and Zach Wheeler visiting Charlie Morton and the Braves. Uh, current number right now is the Braves and Charlie Morton, a minus one twenty-seven home favorite over under seven and a half. Um, tough to really split these teams right now, though. I love what the the Braves did at the deadline, and I say tough to split them because Zach Wheeler has been so hot as of late. Charlie Morton can get swings and misses, and that's important against the Philadelphia lineup that really relies on on deep balls and, and certainly has a lot of swing and miss in it. Um, how much do you trust in Charlie Morton? Uh, because I feel like these teams play so often, they take out these guys with the back of their hand. I think Morton could stay afloat. I was a little shocked by the Phillies to not go out and get some bats. I know they got Brendan Marsh and Emmanuel uh, Sosa. These guys are not going to be game-changing guys in the lineup. They did acquire Robertson and Syndergaard. But I think Morton can, can stay alive here. The Phillies it's these next couple of weeks, man, are going to be huge. And um, I'm not surprised by the Phillies trying to stick with it because Harper's coming back eventually. And hopefully these bats can stay afloat, but adding what the the Braves did, I think coming off a nice trade, trade deadline for the Braves, I think Morton can go a few innings here and maybe we can see Iglesias throw an inning or two out of the bullpen for the Braves tomorrow or today. I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody playing the Braves right now because you need to be ahead of them before that bullpen comes in. I think right. the subtraction of Will Smith with the addition of Rizzo is a huge, huge benefit to that team and their chances. They're pretty tough to, to beat at home, especially the way they hit the ball. Um, I, I love Zach Wheeler, and I think he'll probably pitch well here. I just don't think there's enough in that number for me to back him. Next, we'll go to Washington, nation's capital for the Mets, visiting the Nationals. Uh, Chris Bassett at Anibal Sanchez, currently Chris Bassett, a gigantic minus 232 favorite on the road, over under his nine. Uh, Mets didn't do a lot of the deadline, but are pretty solid up and down, and the Nats now have life without Juan Soto and really without much talent on the team whatsoever. You uh, you back in your guy, Anibal? I, I don't. I don't want to. Because and it sucks because I did not see what the lines were to start. I missed the the line for this Mets game tonight. We're recording Tuesday night, everybody. Just so everybody knows. Um, I wonder what Degrom's you know was favored by. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was very big. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. He was minus three fifty four closing favorite. 
Yep. Oops. And you can see how the, the the Nationals played tonight. And as soon as he came out, the bullpen for the for the Mets blew it for them. And that's going to be a big test you know, going forward for the New York Mets. Can they can their bullpen stick to it? I think it was against Enbal Sanchez, who's had a rough season, 0 and 3, 7 4 7 ERA, hadn't shown much on the mound. I think Chris Bassett can get it done. It's just a matter of the Mets bullpen not having a, a collapse back to back days. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, unfortunately, it's really surprising to see that result today. But I think everyone who ran out to bet the Mets right after Juan Soto was traded, hilarious how that blows up in faces. But uh feel bad for all of you that did that. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that did. Next, we'll go Cincinnati at Miami. Mike Miner at Sandy Alcantara. Uh, we'll see what Sandy can throw out there because he was pretty bad his last start. Those against the Mets, a much different lineup than the Reds. Alcantara currently a minus 195 favorite over under seven. Uh, Mike Miner's been pretty bad, but I don't know how you can look at the Marlins. They have been really struggling, cannot hit the ball whatsoever, and uh, didn't look good tonight either. Yeah, and Sandy's last start, he did not pitch well against the New York Mets. Did not see that coming. That was my last best bet. Oh, I'm almost positive. I can just uh... – yeah, my yeah, most was, recent one on episode 41 on July 29th. Yeah, that was my best bet. I figured a a home underdog in Sandy Alcantara, who's been unhittable this year. He had a rough time against the New York Mets. I can't see this happening again. They've Reds have just traded their best offensive hitter and Brendan Drury to the Padres today. So that's a, a bat that Sandy doesn't have to deal with. This Mike Miner season is just going to, I think, get worse tomorrow. I understand the Marlins can't hit, but we are talking also about the Reds here. They also trade their best offensive player. So uh, maybe keep that in mind. I understand Sandy and the Marlins can't hit, but Sandy's the best pitcher in the game. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to see Sandy coming back to earth a little bit. But uh, I'm not ready to say it's going to happen, especially Mike Miner. If the Marlins can't hit Mike Miner, then, I mean, they have even deeper problems than we're expecting. Next, we'll go to the Milwaukee Brewers. We spoke a lot about they're visiting Pittsburgh. Uh, Freddie Peralta coming back off the IL. Big, big, big need for them. I guess I believe Tyler Beatty starting for Pittsburgh. Currently, Peralta minus 200 favorite. Over-unders, eight. Um, Brewers are probably going to be pissed off. Probably at their own management. Uh, it's a good sign for them on the pit. Or excuse me, on the on the pitch. Wow, already got soccer season on the brain. Uh, they'll be throwing pitches both <laughs> on the baseball diamond or field. Um, I think you know it's hard for me to back the Pirates. They've not really had an offense to speak of for a long time now. Um, but I mean, Brewers. Uh, it's time for them to kind of stick in their management's face. I totally agree. The Brewers Twitter is not happy. A lot of them are coming after the. Not just the like front office, they're coming out for ownership for what happened with Josh Hader today. But just to keep in mind, you like Griff, you alluded to Freddie Peralta's coming off of the IL for a start, and just keep that in mind. See where his limits will go. Will he go four or five innings to tomorrow? Uh, that is something to keep in mind. Max, yeah, right, maybe max four or five innings, and then the bullpen is going to go, and hopefully, the bullpen can stick with it against this weak Pirates offense, but you just never know when it comes to uh, big name like guys like Peralta. You know, you, you got to go easy with it when you come off the IL right away. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to bat on this game. Totally. Uh, next, we'll go to Chicago visiting the Cubs, version of Chicago visiting St. Louis. Justin Steele at Miles Michael at Steele, who got 
absolutely destroyed by the defense. Patrick Wisdom dropping a, a pop-up in San Francisco in, in the infield and laughing about it. Really hilarious. Gave up four runs, all the, the runs that the Giants scored in that game for the loss. Pretty brutal, uh, but I expect Justin Field to bounce back. So he does. He has a pretty tough matchup against the Cardinals. Miles Michaelis, not pretty, um, and has to still, for some reason, deal with Wilson Contreras in that lineup. Uh, only a minus 160 favorite is Miles Michaelis at home. Over-under is eight. Uh, I don't really see a, a reason to back the Cubs here because I don't know how they're going to close games with Rowan Wick now that Gibbons and Robertson are gone. Uh, yeah, I I want to see if the defense can hold up this time. I watched that play. Uh, if I were if I bet on this game, which I you know which I didn't, I uh, I would be at that last game that steel pitched. I would have flipped out. Um, Cubs fans are in a weird, I guess emotionally they're kind of in a weird situation. They thought they lose their prime guys, their their favorite players, and they're all back. So hopefully these guys have a resurgence after the trade deadline. Maybe they hit a little bit better. Who knows? But uh, Michaelis has had a pretty decent year, and so has the Cardinals. So i probably go with the St. Louis Cardinals in this one. Yeah, maybe the Cubs can win a few games and only finish 30 games under 500 when the season wraps up. Next we'll go Colorado at San Diego. Chad Cool, uh, and no starter right now listed for San Diego. So we'll skip that one, though. There's a lot of flux, or that roster is a whole of a lot in flux, especially coming off a doubleheader today. Uh, we'll go Dodgers at San Francisco next with Julio Urias at Alex Cobb. Uh, Urias currently a minus 149 favorite, over under seven and a half. And I just feel like pick a fork in this Giants team right now. I don't think that they're a team that really has the medal to battle with a Dodgers team. They've They've lightened the load of their lineup quite a bit with some of the trades they made, just really emotionally um, selling assets is a, a big concern for a team that usually doesn't sell. Um, I'm Julio Urias has been great lately, and that's not the guy I want to fade right now. I totally agree. And when it comes to the Giants, it's their season's done in my book. You can put it's a giant L on the season. It's over, in my opinion. When the additions of Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, and now Brennan Drury with the San Diego Padres who are in second place, it's going to be like that for the rest of the year. The Dodgers, Padres, one, two, whatever, however you want to add, put them in the, in the order. The Giants just can't. They cannot come back with this. I'm surprised that Rondon wasn't traded. Uh, rumors were, were jumping all around Twitter, baseball Twitter. That he could be moved at the deadline, so is Jock Peterson, but it was more on Carlos Rodon. So uh, this team is in a weird situation. They're they're sitting at 500 or one game under 500 now, but uh, I think they might have a, a test against this Dodger lineup. Certainly. Next, we have Yusei Kikuchi, and we switched the American League, and the Toronto Blue Jays visiting Tampa Bay and Jalen Beeks. No line for this one. I think Beeks just got announced. Start. Uh, Blue Jays should be a slight favorite, and Kikuchi is not someone I trust right now, but we'll move on to a game with a line as we go to Seattle visiting the Yankees. Luis Castillo in his first start for the Mariners at Garrett Cole. Currently Cole minus 174 favorite over under 7.5. And, a half. and I, I respect the Seattle bullpen quite a bit. It's a little bit limited without Diego Castillo, uh, and I'm very interested to see what Luis Castillo does, especially against the team that he's rumored to be joining for, I don't know, four months of the season so far. Um, curious your take on, on what you expect Castillo to do in the Bronx. And I mean, it's just going to be a hard matchup for Seattle to score runs, especially considering their lineup missing Julio Rodriguez. And I think Ty France is still injured as well. 
They were impressive tonight. I will say the Mariners impressed me with their bullpen. Uh, you had Matt Brash who pitched really well. Swanson pitched well in the bullpen. And then they had Munoz closing it out and getting kind of – it was a little uh, interesting at the end. Bases loaded, but he got it done, striking out Torres at the end of the game. The, the Yankees mm, – what do I have to say for the Yankees right now? I'm, I'm happy with what they did, the deadline. I am. Ben Attendee has struggled the first six games, but we got to give the kids some slack. We're going to see. We saw how F. Ross pitched tonight. He got out of a quick jam. But for this game alone, I think Castillo's going to pitch really well early on. I, I'm wondering what his limit's going to be against his Yankee lineup. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm almost sure he's never faced the Yankees. Maybe someone can tweet at me and say that uh, maybe one interleague game he did face them. Who knows? But uh, I do like the Yankees in this one. Garrett Cole, second half. Garrett Cole is is a force to be reckoned with, and maybe the bullpen can can hold up this time. There was some timely hitting tonight for the Yankees, which is nice to see. Trevino, another another home run, uh, home run game, and so is Rizzo. So um, I think Garrett Cole might get the W here, but it might not be that easy. Yeah, I think it's Seattle or nothing for me, but uh, I just don't know that I can trust that Seattle offense, especially after it finally had a good night. I feel like they're going to struggle with Garrett Cole. Next, we'll go to the Tigers and Tyler Alexander visiting Minnesota and Joe Ryan, now with Michael Fulmer in that bullpen, uh, I guess just crossing dugouts in the same series. Very interesting, especially trading in division. Uh, Joe Ryan has had pretty good numbers. We got bombed his last start, gave up 10 runs. Um, and I expect he'll bounce back pretty well. Uh, and he's currently minus two zero three, minus two oh three favorite. Big, big number for Joe Ryan. But these teams are going in different directions. One selling, one buying, over under eight and a half. I see very few reasons to back the Tigers here. Yeah, the bullpen has been upgraded for the twins. And Griff, you and I have been roasting this twins bullpen all year long. They've lost us some games this year. So maybe the Twinkies in the second half keep going at the deadline. Maybe they, if they've upgraded their bullpen, maybe they can continue and maybe have some success in that bullpen. And we hopefully we can see that in this series. And I think we might against the struggling, continuously struggling Tigers lineup. So I think the twins, hopefully Joe Ryan can bounce back as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Next, we'll go to Baltimore at Texas, see if the Orioles can get a three-game sweep. All these games have been in the afternoon so far, so if you're not tipping that off. Kyle Bradish at Martin Perez. Martin Perez somehow a minus 145 favorite over under his eight. I mean, based on the, how the teams have played in this series so far, um, it's been a, a murder scene pretty much. Uh, Baltimore did sell a lot of its best pieces, but – I mean, they just seem like a team that and maybe the, the Rangers have been struggling and certainly Corey Seager doesn't seem healthy. Um, maybe Martin Perez is a stop for here. No one really knows how he's doing it besides a sinker ball that somehow is surviving seven innings at the start. Um, it's Orioles are nothing for me, even though I don't have a lot of respect for Kyle Bradish. Yeah, you know what, man? Looking at this line here, what is it? Minus 145 favorite for the uh, the Rangers here. I feel like if there was a different starting pitcher on the mound for the Orioles, I think the line would be definitely different. It's definitely showing the Rangers cannot play well against the Orioles in this series. I did one of my best bet from the Orioles. Thank you very much with that. But uh, I don't nice, know. Mark, nice. Mark, thank you. Thank you. Martin Perez has pitched well. And you know what? I was surprised he wasn't moved as well because I know this is a second stint in Texas. And I think he might be a rental. I'm not quite sure. But. Uh, I was surprised he didn't go. That was a name I thought he would land. 
Uh, Bradish, I don't know if I can back Bradish. He is not great. Uh, stats show he's not good, but you know what? At the same time, the Orioles have been playing very well against this uh, struggling Rangers team overall. Next, we'll go in the last line we have, but I'll touch on the other three games. Uh, another after, I mean, we got a million afternoon games. It's crazy after a, a trade deadline and all these players trying to fly cross country, but. Why would you expect anything less from Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred? Currently, the Royals are visiting the White Sox, Brady Singer at Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, a similar minus 145 favorite, over-unders eight and a half. Uh, Brady Singer's been great. His flyers been really good. Uh, Lance Lynn was a loss last time out against the Oakland A's. I thought he was finally coming around and really struggled. Struck out eight, but didn't really do very well. Uh, it's all off the top of my head, but taking a loss to Oakland Athletics, not really a good sign. Um, it's Brady Singer who added a slider that's been missed by a lot of batters, including the New York Yankees and a great start that he had in the Bronx just last time out. Um, Singer, nothing for me at plus 134. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you because Lance Lynn has not been Lance Lynn. We haven't seen Lance Lynn be Lance Lynn since last year. He has been extremely bad. The White Sox didn't do, I think, anything really uh, during the deadline here. It was interesting. We, I heard early on yesterday that today is Tuesday. I heard Monday that potentially Giolito and Lance Lynn could move. I heard that one uh, someplace from a, a source, and I honestly couldn't believe it. And yet they're still here. And Tunnel Roos is falling asleep in the dugout. I don't know if you saw that, Griff. That was pretty bad. But oh. yeah, it was not Did good. Did that happen? Yeah, it happened. He was like, his eyes were like, his eyes were heavy and they're kind of drusing down. So it's uh, overall, it's just a crap season for the White Sox. The manager's falling asleep. Guys can't pitch. Guys can't hit. Guys are getting hurt. So if, uh, this could be the first time in our show's history that we're taking the, the Royals over said team. Brady Singer has been pitching well, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, right before game time what the lines are sitting at. Indeed. Uh, next we'll go Boston at Houston. Um, no line here, but Brian Bayo at Jose Urquidy. Urquidy's been on fire lately, but I feel like that uh, maybe hasn't been totally deserved. But the Red Sox has deserved this series so far. They played really well in Houston so far. Go, I mean, who would have expected that one? Maybe the idea to not trade your best players brought a bit of a rallying cry. I don't consider Christian Vasquez changing dugouts to be a big deal. Um, next, we have James Caprillion and Oakland at Shohei Otani. Uh, Otani should close a massive favorite uh, far above where the Angels should be priced. But uh, hard to even think about going against him with a triple excuse me i was gonna say triple a a double a athletics team give him too much least, credit we have a t henry yeah probably giving him too much credit and last we have last but not least we have t henry whoever the heck that is uh for the arizona diamondbacks at shane bieber and tommy diminished velocity uh i'm not a tommy thank you tommy henry um not sure that i could really get in the way of uh of Low velocity Shane Beaver here with no number in front of me. He'll probably be a decent favorite. Um, I don't love it, but I don't see the Arizona as a team to potentially get away from. So without further ado, I uh, also want to remind you guys, we have a promo code, a new different style here, $10 off for all listeners of this MLB podcast. Please use the promo code DIAMOND10. Diamond are our girl's best friend. Diamond are Taylor and my best friends. So 
please use Diamond 10 to uh, get $10 off for the next uh, seven days from this podcast release. Um, and without further ado, I guess, again, as I just said that, it is pretty late on a trade deadline night. I think I'm about to fall asleep just like Tony Larusa as he's watching another L for the White Sox. Uh, it's your turn, Taylor. Give us your best bet for Wednesday. Mm, I'm going to go with the road favorites in the L.A. Dodgers against the San Francisco Giants. That is a minus 149 for the Dodgers. Urias has been very dominant. This season, the Dodgers didn't really add much. They added Joey Gallo. So I'm interested to see what Gallo's debut would look like, if it, if, even if he even starts. But for the Giants, uh, they are, like I said, now in the coffin. Season's over. Interested to see if they can compete. Gallo's Cobb has been a featured guest uh, appearance on this podcast many times. And I think he's going to struggle against the Dodgers lineup here, one of the best lineups in the game. So Dodgers, Julio Urias. Minus 149, lock it in. Don't blame you. Uh, I'm going to go with a very simple Brady Singer and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Mike Bettini, say what you want about him and his multiple bankruptcies, I believe, despite making a ton of money as a Major League Baseball player. Uh, but he at least stays awake, whether it's coffee, whether it's speed, I'm not sure what it is, but he stays awake in the dugout. And he's got a team that is rolling right now with – Salvin Perez back, uh, showing more fight in that team than anyone on the White Sox, who just looked like a dead locker room behind a uh, maybe a, a pitcher that kind of struggled from not having a spring training and having to learn on the fly and land. land. I love what Brady Singer's been doing lately. I'll take the Royals plus 134 in a matinee. And you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Uh, Taylor, give us your handle and get us out of here. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter. Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. You can follow me on Instagram, Taylor underscore Ringold, and any other social media, just follow me there. Another great episode of the RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB edition. It's a late one for us. A wild, wild trade deadline day. We broke down some of our favorites and some of the ones we hate the most. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, share with a friend. Another great episode in the books. We'll catch you guys on Friday, a Friday weekend series spotlight coming up on Friday's episode. We will catch you guys then. See you.